0: This is Ashley Hodge with the Sikkim 365 podcast. And I'm excited to be joined by Alvin Brooks. We've we've had Alvin on the podcast a few times, and uh it's good to catch up with you again, Alvin, and uh, you know, thank you for taking time to do this. I I want to hear about uh the development of the team and and particularly defense. I did one of these with John Jacobs and we focus a lot on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but I know you and and uh you know Jared are are kind of you know doing the uh more focus on the defensive side of the ball. So so I want to hear what you see as progress and and where you think we need to keep taking those extra steps to, you know, continue to try to strive for the standard that has been set the last three or four years.
1: Um, I think, you know, the biggest – first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, I think the biggest adjustment have been team effort and not just individual effort. You know, defense, in my opinion – the best defenses are connected, right? and I think we have a group that, you know, if we're not connected, it's not because they don't want to. It's just they don't know what to do, Right. and so I think, you know, we have guys that from watching film, they take it onto the practice court immediately, and we get better. So I'm excited about that, that every practice we take a step forward after watching film.
0: Yeah, that's encouraging to hear. I, I know you're a big body language guy, and you know when you say connected, is that communication? Is it is it, is are, are we? Do you feel like we're in a good spot as far as guys talking to each other and and calling out screens and and communicating? You know where the where the shifts in the defense need to be depending on what the ball movement is. Is that is that what you're referencing?
1: Yes, Con- connected is a combination of them all. Um, first, you got to communicate in order to be on the same page. You know, biggest thing is we communicate and we say in the same language, then we understand. And, you know, not just communicate, but you have to react after you're hearing the communication. I think that's a big thing that's very underestimated in our game. If I tell you, you know, screen right, but you don't react, then what's the communication? I communicated, but you didn't react to my communication. Right. So, um, communicating and us reacting to the communication, um, are two big deals and, you know, just having an effort to where even when we make a mistake, we cover up for one another by scrambling. And I think we're doing a better job of doing that and trying to make sure that as many shots are contested as possible.
0: Right. You know what, when I talk to parents of players or, or, you know, other coaches at Baylor, you know, it just seems like the aura is really good this season, you know, similar to a couple of years ago where everybody likes each other. They spend a lot of time off the court. They, they really enjoy practicing with each other. Uh, it seems like there's um, the, the attitudes and the, you know, the chemistry is always such kind of an overrated word, but um, you know, it's, it seems like it really meshes well. Obviously when adversity hits, you never know, you know, how people are going to respond, but I mean, if you, when you, I'm sure you can probably get a feel, you know, for the temperature of the team. Is it comparable to two years ago in your mind or, you know, what's, what's your take so far, you know, just from a, from a chemistry standpoint?
1: Well, you know, obviously two years ago, those guys were around each other a ton. You know, we had a lot of guys that were around each other for two to three years. And so, you know, the chemistry is a little bit different because different because they went through a lot together. Um, I think right now we have great chemistry because they do get along and, I mean, you could tell like, you know, you said that I'm a big body language guy and just watching the film really hadn't had to show many body language clips as far as correcting them. Right. Um, It's been a lot of pointing at one another when they make a good play and a lot of, you know, pointing at each other, even when they make a play, that was a mistake. Mm. And so I think we're very ahead of the schedule as far as that chemistry wise. And obviously I think as we start playing against other opponents, you know, that'd be a true test to our chemistry to make sure that it continues to say stay where it is.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, when you look at um, that, championship team and even last year you know like Akinjo on the ball was such a dog and and you know Mitchell obviously the best that <laughs> probably ever come through college in the last you know 10, 15 <laughs> years but uh you know do, just from a competitive standpoint do you is that a concern or do you see that i mean do we have guys that just no, really we have, guys. we have they take pride in defense huh
1: Yeah we have guys I'm, i mean it's a uh it's a very competitive gym and we have guys that can really go at the ball. And I think the challenge for us is just making sure that, you know, we continue to, to remind them that impacting the ball is very, very important because they're also smart players. Like, you know, if they feel like they can still hurt you and not have to impact the ball as much, then they'll do that. Right. Well, you know, sometimes in the past we've just impacted the ball no matter who it was and so i think we have multiple guys that can impact the ball and so it's just a matter of you know getting out there and doing it
0: right you know when, when i look at um defense you know sometimes i think as fans we get caught up in stats you know who has the most steals who has the most blocks and and i know that that sometimes doesn't tell the whole story because a guy that has a lot of steals might be gambling a lot, might get out of position and, and get burned, you know. <laughs> a guy that has a lot of blocks may be, like, leaving his feet a lot and, and uh, not not playing solid defense at times. When you look at our team, um, you know, I, I made the comment to John, you know, just offhand, I said, I you know, when I looked at Canada, I just thought Dale played such, such terrific defense, um, you know, and, and he said, well – I said, is he the best defender on the team? And he said, well, if you ask uh, Jared and Alvin that, they might say he's the most consistent. I, you know, I don't know about the best. We got some really good ones, but do you, is he the guy that like you know is, is just you know consistently in the right spot, you know, real, hounds the ball really well, does a good job moving his feet. I mean, what what have you seen overall, just from like who who do you think really stands out on the defensive end?
1: Um, he's definitely one of them for sure. Um, Dell is. I mean, he's, he is consistent. He consistent with his effort. And, you know, he's been in our program for, you know, a year already, so he knows what's expected. Right. And, you know, he's gifted athletically, um, not just, you know, vertical athleticism, but laterally he's gifted. And so because of that, he's able to impact the ball and he's able to um, – impact the ball a lot but one thing I'm very impressed with Dell more this year than you know last year is he's more confident in himself and because of that he's constantly communicating on the court and you know I always joke with him and tell him you know if he had a 2k NBA 2k rating it would be 99 on communication because he's constantly talking and you know that's something that Macy Oteague did for us in the past he would Communicate a lot, and it helped everybody stay on the same page. And you know, Dell has done a great job of that.
0: That's that's interesting. Yeah, that's. The, I mean, those are the things you you wouldn't pick up unless you're courtside. You know, see, seeing it every day for sure. What what about rim protection? Um, you know, I know Josh has a crazy amount of potential. You know, flows a proven commodity there. You know, very solid on the defensive end um you know zach also is the third you know third year in the program yeah third year yes. in the program so i mean you got a lot to work with there and then you know hopefully we get john back at some point you know um you know what's what do you see as far as like rim protection or or is the game really going away from that a little bit i mean you i watched the nba playoffs and and you know, after that first uh media timeout, they're taking guys like Steven Adams and uh Rudy Gobert off off the court because they can't get they can't guard uh, you know, uh those those high ball screens very well. So, I mean, is that you know, I get my first question is is it a trend to maybe de emphasize that and, and just have guys that move their feet and contest really well, or or is that still really important to have a, a great rim defender?
1: To me, real protection is how many charges do you take? Mm. And so You know, I think shot blocking comes and goes. And with the way that the game is played now, bigs are not allowed to just stay in the paint. Right. Um, Because there are so many ball screens. There are so many screens. There are so many side-to-side movements to where a big is not in the paint to take away, you know, layups unless they're playing zone. And so because of that, I would say our rim protection is how many charges can we take? And you know, the year that we won a national championship, we took seventy charges and we didn't play five games, right. at least five games because of COVID. Right. But we took seventy charges. How does so that how does that John, compare
0: to last year? Like how many charges did we take last year? Do you know?
1: Not seventy. Yeah. I can tell you that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, you know, a lot of it is That's how you protect the rim is by taking charges, in my opinion. Obviously, blocking shots are, you know, going to be important. You know, Flo and Josh and Zach, you know, that's going to be important. But at the same time, we're going to need charges from all of those guys, you know, not just blocks, because a lot of time they'll be in foul trouble. I mean, we want them to get blocked shots, but we also just want them, want the opponents to not score
0: is that is that an area where like a flow thamba just doesn't get valued enough because because I noticed you know in Canada, and of course he does this in the season too not only is he good at taking charges on the defensive end but he also gets seems like he gets one or two a game on the offensive end where he sets a screen uh you know the guy you know blows up blows through the screen and you know get gets you know guys into foul trouble by doing that I mean is that is that you know one of the things that as a fan we we need to appreciate about him more is, is his ability to do that?
1: 100%. I mean, he he's the anchor at times of I mean, he's he I would I'm not sure how many charges he have taken in the last 3 years. Right. But I'm sure he's high on the list. Yeah. Because he he takes a lot of charges and you know, a lot of times you don't think about it but you're sacrificing your body a ton yeah. by taking a charge right. because you know, it's different charges. You have guys that's coming a hundred miles per hour and you know some guys are leading with their knee some guys are leading with their shoulder some guys are jumping you know it's just so many different ways you're getting hit right and every single time you're still getting hit and you're falling to the ground after you get hit right and so I think that's something that fans may think that you know you're supposed to do that but you have to have a lot of toughness to do that over and over and over again. Right.
0: Yeah, who, who else on the team? Like, what, You've had a few scrimmages, inter squad scrimmages. Uh, I'm sure you chart this stuff. Is, is there somebody that stands out as far as that's concerned? I've heard Caleb is uh, really good at playing defense with his chest. Is Is he a big, you know, charge taker? Or, you know, who, who Who are some of the guys that, that tend to take the most charges on the team?
1: It's too early to say right now, um, to be honest, just because, at some point, all of them have taken a charge, right. and all of them are getting better at taking a charge. So playing against one another, um, I think it's a little unfair to judge just because our guys they get used to how we play defense, and so you're able to avoid charges a little bit more than when we actually play <laughs> in the game. Right, right. Yeah. And you know we have we have GAs as our refs, and so you know it's funny. The guys are always complain about the GAs not making the right call when it comes to blocks and charges. So, <laughs> not fair to say yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's not an easy call to make. Uh, so, no, it's not. So, um, you know, when, when you look at uh, just the big development, I know you've you know worked with the forwards last year, the wings, and and uh, Jared Nunes is working with them this year. Uh, you're working with, with the bigs. You know, what have you seen from them as far as their development over the summer? You know, we, we know Flo puts in the work. He's steady. You know, he, we, we kind of know what he brings to the table. Zach hasn't played as much. So, you know, I want to hear about his development. And, of course, Josh is, is uh, you know, exciting because of the, just the, the potential he has. I mean, it's, it's pretty evident from the first time you watch him play. Uh, so what, what are you seeing, you know, just from those three guys?
1: Um, First of all, Flo and Zach, they're both are more confident this year, in my opinion, to where they're confident in who they are, and they know what they bring to the table. And so I think that's something that stands out to me. Um, Their ball screen coverages are elite. Their finishing is elite. And they're doing a better job of communicating. And I'm just excited to see it against someone else because they play well to this point against each other. And so I think they've set a, set a great example to Josh on what it takes to be a Baylor Big. And, you know, obviously Josh is very talented. He has some gifts that you, you can't teach. And so by following those two guys, he's taking a big jump since Canada. Because they show him the habits that he needs in order to win.
0: Right. Yeah, no, that's exciting. Um, Just, you know, when when you look at uh, the team overall, um, Keontae George, uh, what stands out to me is, you know, a lot of freshmen, especially five star freshmen. Uh, can have this attitude that, you know, defense is optional. And, and I know that that wouldn't be tolerated in our program where we are today. <laughs> but, but but you know, I mean, it, it, it could still show up at times in critical moments, but he seems like he's really bought in on the defensive side of the ball and, and saying all the right things. I mean, have you seen that from him, just that consistent hunger to be great on the defensive end?
1: Yeah, he's. I mean, he's gotten better. He's daily – It's a daily process with any freshman, not just Keontae, but any freshman. Um, Just because they go from where they either come from no shot clock or even if they have a shot clock, they're not playing against the competition that is the same every day here. I mean, he's playing against, you know, five guards that are all very, very good. Right. And all of them have experience. You know, I think that's something that's underrated is the fact that he's playing against experienced college guards every day. And, you know, anytime you make a mistake, really good guards are make you pay for it. Yeah. And so he's learning through practice, and I think that's going to be a great advantage for him when we get into the game because, you know, all of our guys have the experience to show him what it takes. And he's taken a big leap from the first day he came on campus to now. And, The great thing about key is he's very coachable. And if you show him something, he's a sponge. He can pick it up and do it. Yeah. Um, Biggest thing is like making sure that he continue to have the effort that, that we need him to have in order to have a special year.
0: Right. So, so I have a couple of questions about analytics. Like when, when you look, you know, Ken Palm, obviously everybody knows that, that metric system. And now there's bark Torvik and uh, Evan, miwakawa and you know so so evan like has these individual ratings on players defensively and offensively and sometimes i just scratch my head like like he had adam flagler as like a a below average defender just from his analytics and i mean i when i see adam you know i think he's a really good defender and and moves his feet well and you know I, i just remember that north carolina game you know taking charges and you know that you know led to his head hitting the hitting the ground I mean he was you know just like taking making some big big plays in that comeback uh defensively um you know what what any comment on that like is that i mean
1: it it are well, is adam assur- a much I, better I, defender I, I, yeah I can assure you adam is not a, what what was the ra- i don't know what the rating. It was it's like a below
0: adam, a below average defender yeah and the big 12 if, is what if
1: adam, if adam is the below average defender in the big 12 then the big 12 have the best defensive guys in the country. Right. Right. I just, you know, I don't, Adam is one of the best defenders. Right. He just, I don't know. How do you rate somebody's individual defensive performance? Yeah. Um Just because I think every team is different. Right. What we expect from Adam and what we need Adam to do. He does an excellent job for us. And so you can't rate what he does for our program. Like we actually have measurables and he measures measure at a high level when it comes to the habits that we need to win.
0: Yeah. It's funny. I, I had lunch with uh, Mark Aguire and, and he was telling me the story about, uh, it was the 1984 draft and Dallas had three first round picks. And, and the plan going into the draft was to take Carl Malone, Bill Winnington, and then Joe Dumars. And they ended up taking, like, Detlef Shrimp, uh, Bill Winnington, and Uwe Blob. And and when he talked to the scout at the Mavericks uh, why they didn't take Dumars at, like, pick 18, he said, well, you know, they played in these college all-star games, and, and, and Joe Dumars was only one of two guards available. Uh, so his coach told him, you know, hey, just play token defense. We can't get you in foul trouble. And so the, the scout saw that and said, oh, he's a bad defender. And of course, he was an all NBA defender like multiple <laughs> times, and and would have changed the course of the Dallas franchise if they had taken him instead of Uve blob But th- that's another sore subject for Dallas Maverick fans. But wow. But anyway, you know that, wow, wow, that wow. kind of shows you what you're talking about. It's sometimes you got to know the circumstances. If if a, if a player is so valuable, then you know sometimes maybe you're telling that player, you know, look, can't you can't get you in foul trouble? You got to you you have to play solid defense, but you can't take this risk or you know I mean it's there's all kinds of variables that go into it, right?
1: Oh yeah, no, I mean Adam is a Adam is a very good defender. Right. Very good defender. Um I don't I won't say that lightly. Um I'm and I'm really tough on guys. Right. But you know, at any point throughout Adam's Baylor career, we would not be afraid to put him on the best guard. Yeah, Um, he have that capability to be able to guard um, anybody, in my opinion. Right. So, I'm looking forward to him, you know, having another great year, you know, defensively for us because he, year in and year out, he does what it takes to help us win games.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, so my other question on analytics is, you know, one area where Baylor has not consistently been good – We've been we've been tremendous on the offensive rebounding side of the ball. Uh, defensive rebounding, it's been a little bit of hit or miss. I mean, not terrible, but but some years, you know, you're like, well, if you're such yeah, a good offensive rebounding it, team, yeah,
1: we want it to be, right? Yeah, I, we agree.
0: So so so, uh, what what are your comments on that? How do we get better in that area?
1: We're working on it. <laughs> so <laughs> we're working on it. I mean, I I agree. I think that's something that you know will we we'll, you know, our, the plan is to get better from it. And so we just have to figure it out. You know, we we're trying different methods and, you know, obviously we're a research program. So we looked and see who were the best defensive rebounded teams in the country. And we reached out to them and, you know, asked what their process is. And, you know, obviously you have to stick with a process that you're comfortable with and that, you know, for sure that you can hold guys accountable with and So, Right, you know, our goal is to get one percent better at it every day. So,
0: yeah, sounds good. And and, and then the other thing is, um, you know that now this hasn't been an issue recently, but in some years where we didn't defensive rebound well, and maybe these two things aren't related. Um, I, I'm interested in your comment on this, but you, you would think like, okay, if you're going to be, you know, well, it was, this was more when we play zone. You know, like like I I was I always think like. All right. If you're going to play zone, either you know you, you, you do a really good job on the defensive glass, which is harder to do in zone, I know, but or you get out in passing lanes and really try to get a lot of steals, deflections, turn people over. Like Syracuse, for example, was good at that uh, in their in their prime. They would turn people over with their length, uh, but they wouldn't be a really good defensive rebounding team. But it seems like there was a stretch there. we but probably before you came even. Um, you know where Baylor wasn't really good at either of those areas. Like, like we we would be not so great at turning people over and not so great at uh, defensive rebounding too. Now, now since we play this, you know, no middle, you know, defense. It's you know, I know that you know we've created a lot more ball pressure, a lot more turnovers. We've been we've been higher in the metrics and creating turnovers. But is that are those two things related at all, or are they just totally two separate things?
1: Um. I think it could be separate. I just think – I think it's really hard to rebound out of a zone consistently right. unless right. you have a lot of length because with the rotations, you just never know who you have to box out. And, you know, I, I guess you could say the same for man, but I think the biggest thing is when the ball is shot, if you're looking in the air at the ball, then you've already lost. Right. And so our goal is when a ball is shot, look for somebody to hit. Right. And I think this, you know, so far, I think this team have done a great job of doing it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, obviously, again, like, you know, we'll see how it translates when we play against someone else. Right. And so, but I think we're building the habits to be a better defensive rebounder team. But, you know, we have to continue to, to have those same habits when the
0: when the lights come on, I I know historically uh, Scott Drew's teams have not been pressing teams, and you know I, I John Jacobs did make the comment. He said you know I we're we're gonna try to play faster, and you know he's found that if you get more possessions and people get more shots, more touches, <laughs> it makes for a happier locker room. They enjoy that you know more more touches, more points, more you know it's 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 a good thing. Um, so, you know, a lot of that could start on the defensive end. Are there some three-quarter court presses, half-court trapping? I mean, what are what are we, without giving away too much, you know, what's maybe in the bag this year that might be a little different than in years past?
1: Um, I think it – I just think it, we may, ha- you know, more opportunities to press. I don't – you know, I think it all depends on – I think right now it's more of – we have several different presses to kind of see which one fits our personnel the best. Right. And so it's hard to say right now, which one we would choose because, you know, our guys, they know it. And, you know, obviously it's worked a few times, but it's also have been different combinations of guys on the court at at different times. So, you know, it'd just be—it'll be interesting to see how we do in the two scrimmages. I think that'll give us a better idea of of which one we feel more comfortable with the most. Gotcha. Yeah. But, but it'll definitely be some trapping involved um, at some point, whether it's half court or full court. Um, that would all depends on you know the game and you know the the flow of the game. But it'll definitely be definitely involve some trapping.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it seems like we got, you know, as as good – the depth seems like on paper is going to be as good as it ever has been. I mean, you know, man, those guards, you can go all the way to number six and feel pretty good about who you're putting out there, right?
1: Yes. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, we have a lot of talent. And so I think iron sharpens iron. I think our guys have done a great job of helping one another get better.
0: Yep. All right, my final question. Uh, NBA started yesterday. had a couple opening games. And and I know a lot of programs tweet out, you know, good luck to the players and things like that. Um, I did notice. (laughs) I'm going to get you in trouble here (laughs) if you respond to this. But I noticed a coach on a a rival team uh, tweeted out, you know, good luck to all the players I've coached and recruited, (laughs) which I thought was kind of funny, like taking credit for (laughs) guys that he had recruited versus actually coached. Um, But, uh, you know, is it? do you get much time to watch the NBA or do you, I mean, do you just see the highlights? I mean, you know, I know once the season gets going, it's probably hard to, to get more than just a highlight package, but you know, how do you keep up with the former players that you've coached?
1: Um, Actually, uh, I try to look at box scores. Right. Um, It's it's hard to really watch a whole game just because of our season. Sure. But, um, you know, last night actually had a chance to, I mean, none of, none of our guys play, but um the team we all watched most of the guys, uh, my wife and I had a lot of guys over our house last night and them in the GAs and so we watched in. But you know, I to be honest, I, I didn't even I didn't get a chance to watch the Lakers and the Warriors just because late game. <laughs> yeah, late game. So yeah. but I watched the first game with the guys and You know, I'll try to watch a little tonight um, and try to watch a little bit of our guys. But, yeah, we we actually receive box scores as a staff from all of our former players um, after after every night. Oh, sweet. And so we receive them the next morning. Yeah. And so we're able to look at the box scores on our phone and then obviously from guys that I've coached in the past that, you know, that's what Baylor – Alumni, then I I just look at the box score on ESPN.com dot com or something.
0: Yeah, was was the uh, uh, James Harden uh, step back like you know shook his man, did a little shimmy, threw up the air ball in overtime. Was that a good coaching point? <laughs> let's <laughs> let, let's make the play, not, I, not 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 go for style points here.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you know, one one thing I try to do when they come come over my house, I I don't coach them. Yeah, and so. You know, anything happened during the game, I don't say anything. Yeah, I, I just listen to their comments, listen to their remarks, and <laughs> you know, that's an opportunity to build a relationship with them. And so i I don't want to, I don't want to step over my boundaries. I, you know, I have an opportunity to coach them all year long. Yeah. So, during that time, it's more about just showing them that you know I'm human too.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, that's awesome. I love it. Well, hey, I told you 30 minutes. It's been 30 minutes, so thank you for giving me this time. It's been awesome. I I love it. You know, just as a fan, for me, it's like, you know, shoot it in my veins kind of deal to hear all this uh, talk and and get excited about the season. I know we got, you know, high expectations and, uh, you know, just uh, enjoy the journey. It's going to be a fun ride.
1: Yes, sir, it will. I'm excited about it myself, too. So, Yep. Looking forward to seeing you in the stands with your signs and
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a funny moment and uh AU. Hey, you, um, you know, I think uh Mike Boynton uh I was talking to you and he came up and said, Hey man, best fan of the Big Twelve, you know, which which I know is just total flattery. which I you know, I appreciate the gesture, yeah. but he's just trying to soften me up and I'm it's not working, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for war. <laughs> nah, listen, i love it yeah listen i appreciate you and um thank you for doing this you've been listening to a sick 365 podcast with ashley hodge and alvin brooks sick bears Sickum bears